welcome to the Food as Medicine Show with Dr. Ann, the place to be for real talk with real people and real results so you can heal yourself naturally. I'm your host, Dr. Ann, and I'm a board-certified pharmacist and health coach specializing in treating cholesterol without medications. You can learn more about me at drann.com, spelled A-N-H as in healthy. First, I want to apologize. This week's episodes have been a little bit wonky and off schedule. As you might have known, I was out of town last week, home in New Jersey, for my brother's wedding reception, and when I returned, I immediately had to go to work meetings and a conference out of town as well. So I'm actually recording this in my hotel room in Madison, Wisconsin, and you will likely get the show either later on Friday than usual or sometime on Saturday. And we should get back to a regular schedule next week, so my apologies. I also wanted to take a moment and thank you so much for listening and telling your friends about the show. It's because of you that in the first month, the Food as Medicine show has been downloaded over 12,000 times in over 90 countries. It is because of you that I do this, so thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I also would love to get your feedback on something. We are coming up on the second month of the show's existence, and as I stated at the beginning, it is my intention to launch with three episodes per week on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, since I have a lot of pre-recorded interviews saved up, and then scale down to once a week on Mondays towards the end of April since I still work a full-time job and it's becoming a little unmanageable. But I want to know about you, you know, what you think. If you like the three-day week schedule, then please let me know. Um, I do have a team set up, so it might be possible, as long as I get a good system in place, to maintain this three times a week schedule. And if you have suggestions for who to bring on the show or what you'd like to learn more about, then please let me know. And the best way to do that is by hopping on my email list at drann.com, A-N-H as in healthy, and responding to the first email that I send you. Before we get to today's show, I want to remind you that the opinions expressed on this show may not represent my opinions, and the show is for general information only, not a substitute for medical care. So prior to beginning any new health program, I recommend that you consult with a qualified health professional. Today, we are talking with Carlina Barron, who's a type 2 diabetes health and fitness coach who has trained many individuals and helped them reach their fitness goals. She began her career at Duke University as a coaching assistant intern for some of the best athletes in the world. She trained the women and men's soccer teams, women and men's swimming teams, women's lacrosse, and wrestling. After kicking some butt at Duke University, Carlina turned her attention to the private sector and started conducting and instructing fitness boot camps. Over the years, she found herself training individuals with type 2 diabetes, helping them lower their blood sugar and dramatically reducing the dosage of medications prescribed. Now, in today's episode, Carlene and I talk about the three things she focuses on with diabetic patients to help them with their health goals, how long it takes to get consistent lower blood sugars and a reduction in medications, the food staples that she keeps in her kitchen, what a typical fitness regimen for a diabetic patient would look like, what types of foods to eat after exercise, and much, much more. All right, let's go chat with Carlina. So welcome, Carlina. Thank you, Anne. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here, and uh, yeah, let's get rocking and rolling, huh? Yeah, likewise. <laughs> so how did you, I just want to hear a little bit about your experience at Duke. What was it like training all these world-class athletes? Well, I, you know, just a, a little bit of background on that. Um, I actually played collegiate basketball, and 
And one day I was in the weight room just working out um, after the season, and the strength coach came over to me and said, I think you'd be a good strength coach. And I said, no, I already have a job lined up. I'm getting to graduate in a few months. And I said, you know, I got everything. He said, well, you know, Duke University has this internship, and I think that you'd be a good fit for it. And I said, no, I just don't want to do that. He said, I'll help you put a resume together. So we put a resume together, and we sent it off. And it was about two weeks. I didn't hear anything, so I just forgot about it. And the uh, one of the strength coaches called me up and did a phone interview. And... Um, had a phone interview about 30 minutes, you know, hung up the phone, still nothing. I didn't hear anything for about a week, forgot about it. Then she called back and she welcomed me to Duke to be a coaching assistant intern um, out of 200 people. So it was a voluntary internship. Um, you know, I didn't get paid with uh, monetarily, but I did get paid with a lot of knowledge that is, you know, helped me, you know, pole vault my career to where it is now. So I'm great, very thankful for that. It was a great experience, a lot of basketball games, a lot of free tickets, a lot of clothes. <laughs> uh, but it, it, it really is exciting to see, you know, people's progress and, and really see those athletes respond. It was, it was amazing. So I had a good time. I had a very good time. Very thankful. So it was unpaid, but you got a couple perks out of it. <laughs> yeah, I got, a, I got some perks. I got some basketball tickets. I got to meet Coach K and then, you know, a couple other coaches. So it was, it was good time. It was good time. That's awesome. So how did you decide you started? You wanted to do your own thing? Well, um, after my internship was over at Duke, um, I went back home um, for family reasons, and um, I just got the idea. I've heard about fitness boot camps, and I said, wow, that sounds like something that I'd be interested in. And um, I said, I think I'm just going to try it. So um, I got a hold of, uh, there's a guy over in Orange County. Um, his name is John Spencer Ellis. Some people may know of him, but he's the one who actually began the whole boot camp revolution. Uh, he started it with Adventure Boot Camp. And I got on board with that and um, started as a, not necessarily a franchisee, but basically sec uh, secured the areas where I was. And um, I did that, and right out of the gate, um, things went well, um, and I just stuck with it. It's, I've changed the name uh, over the time right now, but um, that's how I started, just doing fitness boot camps. And I still do them today, actually. I still do that same boot camp, and I actually have three ladies that started with me eight years ago who are still with me today. So it's, it's kind of exciting. So that's how I started it out. That's awesome. They can't get enough of you, huh? <laughs> I, guess, I guess not. I guess they still want me to hold their hand until they go away. I don't know, but, you know, it's, it works for me, so. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've been to a couple boot camps, and, you know, you, you really have to get into that mindset that you want to get your butt kicked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit, just a little bit. So how did you, um, how did you start doing, you know, more personalized coaching for diabetes patients? Um, actually... You know, one day I was approached um, by one of my current clients. Um, my sister is a type 2 diabetic. And she asked me, she said, you know, I would like for you to consider training her. And I said, well, why can't she come to the boot camp? It's like, well, I don't think it would be a good fit for her. I said, well, that's okay. So I met with her, and I'm going down my line of questions as far as medical questions to see, you know, if any red flies come up. And she said she had type 2 diabetes. And it's the first I've heard of it, and I said to myself, I really don't know what to do with this person. I'm sure there's something a little bit different you have when somebody has diabetes. And um, I researched as much as I could, and I took her on as a client. Um, 
and that's how it progressed. Um, both of my parents also had type 2 diabetes. My mom had the worst case of it. And Everything of that is you can help them. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, with the the cookbook and stuff like that, you know, I asked my mom, I said, you know, are, are you going to be okay, you know, with me doing this? And she said, yeah, I, I give you my blessing in doing mm -hmm. that. I think it's great. So, you know, here we are. Here we are. So, so tell me, you know, what tend to be looked down upon sometimes. Um, they don't feel like they get all the help that they should get and that they need. Um, so the biggest thing is is trying to repair their behavior, repair their psychology is the biggest thing. Um, the second thing is the nutrition part. Um, you know, they're very uh, just confused about what they now can eat. Um, they're confused about what actually caused them to have the disease. What they think caused it is really not really what caused it. So, um, and that's the big thing. And really the third thing is, you know, the exercise. To be frank and honest with you, a lot of type 2 diabetics don't really like to exercise, um, you know, but they need to. And that's not the forefront. Um, it's on the tail end. But um, they realize that just doing a, a little bit of stuff is, is going to make a difference. Mm -hmm. um, so once you get them on board with that, then you can start to progress to things that are going to help them even more. But the psychology and their behavior and what they developed in their behavior patterns is the really the biggest factor that you have to get to um, and figure out why they're doing it, you know, what has happened in the past and the way that you can repair it. So I would imagine someone who's coming to you is probably not like a newly diagnosed person. They've probably been around for a while, they've tried a lot of things, it hasn't worked, and then now they're yep. coming to you. So what do you, what do, you do with them first? <laughs> <laughs> I sit them down and I tell them that you can forget everything you've ever learned that you've ever been taught because this is a new day this is a new way we're going to do things you are going to be very uncomfortable but as long as you and I are together and as long as you borrow the confidence that I have because I feel like my confidence is through the roof and I say as long as you can borrow that and you can work with me, I mean, we will be great teammates, and we'll be able to be an all-star team, you know. So that's what I tell them is that they have to trust me that what I'm telling them is going to help them. Um, and they can't expect anything to happen overnight. Them developing the disease didn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. You know, I give them an example of, I had one of them tell me the other day, it's like, oh, you know, you're so fit, you know, you tend to be so healthy and all that stuff, but it didn't happen overnight working out and being healthy is a process and it's a process every single day so and that's what you had to work towards yours has been some hiccups along the road but we'll get there we'll get there so um, that's how I approach it and I try to approach it as subtle and soft as I can <laughs> you, so I, I get the sense you kind of have that tough love thing going though I do, I do, <laughs> I have a lot of it, you know <laughs> I do, and, and it's, it is tough at times, you know um, because I can't treat them the same as I treat my boot camp clients who are apparently healthy, you know, I have to tone it down a lot and I've learned a lot of patience um, but it's been good, it's been good for me, it's been good for them, and we're making progress together, which is the most important thing. How long um, would you say it takes for a person to really make a difference in their life, like when they start working with you to when they start seeing some changes? Yeah, uh, roughly it's been about average about three months. Um, 
they'll start to see consistently uh, the change and things going a lot better. So they'll start to see the consistent lower blood sugar at the three-month mark, um, reduces in some medications. And, and again, some type 2 diabetics are going to need to stay on you know, certain dosages because of where their sugar sugar is now. And this is all that we can do with what we have. Um, but they've been able to reduce that sort of thing. It takes about three months, about three months to get it consistently. And like in that three-month time, how often are they meeting with you? Um, the individuals I meet in person, they meet with me four days a week. Um, and the individuals that are online, uh, we meet twice a week. Um, so the ones who are online, they are um, being held accountable a little bit more to themselves. Um, but then they still have direct access to me. Um, any questions, anything they need to do, we Skype to make sure that they're on track. Um, so uh, it's, it's different for both groups, but at least four, four times a week. And the other two days out of the week or three days out of the week, they're pretty much on their own. So they're going to have to learn accountability sometime. Yeah. Exactly. Well, the reason I ask that is, you know, it paints a picture of how long it does take to actually start seeing the fruit of your efforts, right? You know, yeah. you said that you don't you don't just all of a sudden um, wake up one day and be 300 pounds or whatever, and you don't just wake up one day and decide you're going to get fit and you can lift 360 pounds. It's not going to happen, and exactly. it's a process. So, actually, I was going to tell you, um, I, I did put myself on a little journey towards like a bodybuilding competition and I wouldn't have even imagined being able to like um, do a leg press with 360 pounds but it took me 12 months or like 12 weeks to get there like you said it and just not day one day one I couldn't even <laughs> lift the darn thing you know the darn 45 pound thing but yeah. you know, so, um, so I think people need to want um, but we need to go back to the basics and, and go back to that things are a process you know and everything doesn't have a means to an end, right? I mean, it 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 may it's a journey throughout your whole life. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So so okay, someone comes to you, they're kind of looking for help. You help them with mm -hmm. their mindset, help them get confident. What's the next thing you do with them? So the next thing we do is we basically um, do a whole kitchen one-on-one -on -one makeover. So now that I've gotten you on board as to what we're going to be doing and set this plan out, now we have to take action steps towards that. So the biggest thing is, you know, their environment. You know, that environment that they've been in is pretty much a toxic environment. This is why they are where they are. So the first place or the main place in that environment is the kitchen. And we do a complete kitchen makeover. Um, and I go through and let them know, throw things out if I have to. I've had to throw things out. I've had to buy people um, groceries because I've thrown out all that they had in the refrigerator. And they're like, so what am I going to eat? Well, we'll go grocery shopping and I will buy it for you. So you can see what's going, you know, what you need to have. Um, and that's the first thing we do before we hit any, you know, exercise, anything like that, I need to have them in the mindset that they're going to spend a lot of their time, you know, around friends and family, and a lot of that encompasses eating. And I need you to understand that some things may be off limits for right now. They may be limited, but they may be able to come back in the picture later. Um, so that's the biggest thing is, is cleaning out that kitchen environment. So after we do everything there.
So, so there's no dipping the toes in the water with the nutrition thing. You no, <laughs> no, we dive right in. You know, <laughs> that's, that's the only way I know how to do it, and I don't know how to do it any other way. Um, <laughs> you know, you just—I always tell them. I said you have to go by this this philosophy with me: is that if you keep swimming, because we're going to jump and we're jumping all the way in, but if you can keep treading water and hold yourself above water, we'll be okay. We'll make it. So the minute you give up and drown, we're going to have a problem. But as long as you keep <laughs> treading, we'll be fine. So <laughs> I like that analogy. I guess it comes from your background, huh? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so you, you do this thing where you throw out all their food. They probably hate you for it. Um, <laughs> what, what do you help them buy? You know, what are they putting in their grocery cart? Basically, I, I, I tell them that, you know, the biggest thing is that, you know, single-ingredient foods are where it's at right now. Um, you need to focus on things that only have that one ingredient. The more ingredients as you and I know that the more ingredients that are put into a food to make it up is the more dangerous it's going to be to your health. Um, and I try to get them on that bandwagon first. I let them know that now as we progress and we get better and we understand what we're doing and we can make better decisions at the right times, those other foods that you may be craving, you know, something that may be sweet, you know, something like that, that isn't that single ingredient. We can have a little bit of that. You know, it's permissible. <laughs> but, you know, right now we need to work on fixing our, you know, behavior towards food. And this is the best way to do that. So um, the individuals who are with me, we go on a grocery uh, shopping tour together. Um, the individuals who are not with me, who are online, I have put together a short video showing them what they should be, you know, looking for in a grocery store, picking up examples and things of that nature. So they're not by themselves um, to let them know, you know, this is the kind of things you need to have in your in your kitchen. So that's how we do it. So what would you say, like, are the staples of a, of a weekly grocery shopping haul? <laughs> uh, we need to have, let's see, I'll go from, I guess, my kitchen, I guess, because um, that's what I teach them. So uh, tomatoes, avocados, mangoes, uh, eggs, uh, preferably organic, cage-free. Um, they need to have uh, grass-fed uh, beef. Uh, they need to have chicken, grass-fed, you know, preferably organic um, if they can. Boneless, skinless, obviously. Uh, you know, the fried chicken is probably what got them in trouble with all the, <laughs> with all the skin on top. Um, <laughs> but those, you know, just those staples alone, those few things, they need to have um, rolled oats for the oatmeal. Um, you know, they need to have a supplement of protein. You know, I give them recommendations there. Um, and then, you know, basic fruits and vegetables. You know, fruits, I'm, I'm really not a big fruit fan. So fruits are harder for me. Um, I always get, you know, frozen fruits and stuff like that because I tend to put them in smoothies and shakes, and that works for me. Um, so <clears throat> anything outside of a mango, I don't really eat in the fruit <laughs> department um, unless it's frozen. But um, I'm, a, I'm a huge vegetable fan, and, and a lot of them have been very receptive to the vegetables. So I'm a big green bean fan. I tell them about that, squash, zucchini. Um, you know, sweet potatoes, um, it, we just go all crazy in, in the vegetable aisle. So um, those are pretty much the staples that I have in my home, and I just translated over as example for their home. Yeah, I, um, 
you know, as I started exploring the different vegetables, the other mm -hmm. day I, I made like a cauliflower mashed potatoes. There's no mashed potatoes. There's no potatoes in there. It's just cauliflower. Right. <laughs> but it actually tastes pretty good, you know. So yeah. once you get creative, you can do a lot with the vegetables. Yeah, it's not bad. You know, it, it, there's really a lot of different ways you can you can make things. You know, so again, it's the behavior, right? You have to be able to, you know, be receptive to to newer things. So, and and you have to try. Like I, yep. I couldn't see myself eating uh, cauliflower florets. So I'm like, well, yeah. you know, I pureed it. Maybe I can eat it then, and it it worked. You know, so if you don't <laughs> like it in one form, try it another way. So correct. I love it. I love it. Yes. So okay, so you <laughs> you take them to the grocery store. They buy the things they need. Um, yeah. Now you have a cookbook for them, right? So, yes. so what are some of the things that are super easy that people can make that taste good that help them, you know, calm their their cravings? <laughs> calm their cravings and 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 lower their blood sugar, which is the big thing. Mm -hmm. um, so. I guess, for example, one of the things in a in the cookbook that I have is for breakfast is just having you know scrambled eggs and tomatoes and a half of an avocado. It's fine. It's got all your proteins, your healthy fats. You know, you got your <clears throat> other vitamins and, and minerals and stuff you're going to get from tomatoes and you know. So it's a pretty well balanced, uh, you know, meal there. Um, with other recipes and things in the cookbook, it's specific towards you know what I like to call anytime meals and then they can have what I like to call after exercise meals and the reason why I did that is because I'm really trying to encourage them to exercise you know them not exercising is probably the missing link as to why they are not able to tame their type 2 diabetes um, you know repairing it with the nutrition is only going to take it so far but if you're not using the glucose or the sugars um, as far as exercise form and transferring that energy, you know, using it with your muscles, it's not going to help us get to a point, the next point that we need to get to. So that's why I created some recipes that are meant for them to, you know, eat after exercise. It's like, oh, I got to exercise before I eat this, <laughs> you know. So, and, and that'll encourage them to do that, but it, it's meant for that time. So that's kind of how the cookbook is set up. And um, that, you know, simple example that we got to have both sides here. We can't just eat our way through. We also have to move our way through as well. Yeah, well, and, you know, building muscle helps you better utilize the, the sugar in your bloodstream. Right, so. right, right, which is, you are absolutely right. And um, that's what we're trying, that's what I'm trying to get them to see. So, so it's, it's well, working so far. And I'm also, actually, never I never used to think of myself as, like, a big, bulky bodybuilder type. But I'm like, mm -hmm. you know, building muscle makes you look really toned and sexy. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Tell my clients that, you know, they'll be happy to hear that. So <laughs> So so you mentioned okay, so first is the psychology, then it's the nutrition, then it's the then it's the exercise. So, you know, when they come to you, they they might have trouble coming to your boot camps, right? So what do you start them on? Well, with the the, the type 2 diabetes clients they are semi-private, so they're not in a big boot camp class. Um, it's three the most at a time, um, and that gives me a lot of attention to be able to focus on them. Um, we talk about things, um, you know, how they're doing for that day, uh, how the nutrition was thus far for that day, or how it needs to be, because um, some of them are grouped in the morning, others are grouped in the evening. 
Um, and then with the exercise, it, it could be something just as simple as, you know, walking for that day. Um, you know, walking for an extended period of time. It, it, I have to get them to the point where they can actually use that sugar like we just talked about. Um, so, you know, that's kind of how, you know, we I approach it. Um, and again, the groups aren't any bigger than, you know, three at a time. So it helps me with that individualized attention to make sure that I am available and giving them all the resources they need to, to be able to, to succeed. Yeah, it's incredible. I, I, there was a video out there, um, the 30-minute workout, like the 30 minutes, the most important 30 minutes of your day, and all it is is walking, you know, and it has so many benefits. Mm -hmm. So um, to improve your mood, depression, all kinds of things, and people mm -hmm. just don't realize like all you need to do is, is take a walk even. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're right, and good for that blood sugar. Yeah. So now they're <laughs> now they're walking, right? And that, so what's the next step up? Like after they've kind of gotten that down, they're you know they're doing that and and they're seeing some results. Now they're ready for the next level. What do you what do you do with them? So we start out um, things as basic as, you know, walking or whatnot, and, and the exercise program was um, three to four months. <clears throat> so the first month, the first four weeks, I am trying to get them to be able to um, increase their aerobic capacity. So the first week it may be 12 to 15 minutes of exercise as far as aerobically, and then the next week we're going to bump that up to 15 minutes. And then the next week, we're going to bump that up to 18 minutes. And next week, we're going to bump that up to 21, 22 minutes. So I have to get them to wherever they have that capacity where they're actually utilizing that sugar like they need to. Um, and then I get it all the way up to a 30-minute mark. Once we hit a 30-minute mark, now we're at the point where we can start to handle more intense things. So this time, we may switch to some interval training. So we are, we'll get away from walking, and we'll switch the entire mode. So the mode, I mean, we'll go maybe to biking, we'll go maybe to swimming, uh, we'll go maybe to the elliptical, something of that nature, and we'll work on intervals in that sense. So we may have them, you know, bike at a steady state for two minutes, and then I'll have them pick it up, you know, as fast as they can for 30 seconds. And that's going to help them be able to utilize that sugar a lot better and a lot more um, than they are if they just have that steady state going. But I have to build that foundation first. And that's the big key. Um, and then we just focus on increasing those intervals and, and getting better and getting more anaerobically efficient. And once we get to that point, um, you know, things are looking up. Things are looking a lot better. Um, they don't always keep up with that form as high, as intense as I like them to do it. Um, <laughs> but they still do it, which is that's the important part, that they still do it and, and they're still, you know, I keep repeating it, but utilizing those sugars. You have to utilize those sugars. So, and, and that's really how it's done. You know, resistance training two to three days a week, depending on the week. Um, so, and that's how that's how it's really done. It's really not that that complicated. It's really very simple. You just have to do it. So, two to three days a week resistance training. Um, how mm -hmm. often are they doing aerobic training? Aerobically every day. Every day. Every day. Yeah. Every day. Not even a rest day. <laughs> oh well, we okay. So in, I guess in my world, when we say every day, we mean five days a week. Um, so they're doing aerobically five days a week on the foundation. So building that foundation up to the thirty minutes, 
And then once we switch to the intervals, now we move it down to four days. If they're doing very well with the intervals, we'll move it down to three days. Um, so, um, yeah, that's, that's how it goes. So. Well, and when you say intervals, you're talking about like high intensity intervals, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So whatever is high intense for the individual. So you know, I just tend to call them intervals because I don't want to say high intense because you know this group is a little bit more sensitive than you know you and I may be. So I just say we're going to do intervals a day, and whatever your top speed is on the and interval, they then you give me that. <laughs> like, sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> Do you make them do burpees? I do not. I do not. You know, I'm. I, you know, this group is. You know, again, a, a very sensitive group. You know, they they have this metabolic disorder, and I have to watch out for that. So I do not get to do all the crazy and exotic things. You know, I get to do with some other clients. Um, but it's okay. It's okay. They they can build up to that one day, right? Right. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, if you had to kind of sum it up in terms of what are the keys to taming diabetes, type 2 diabetes, what are the, the key points you would say? The key points that I would reference to one conquering or type 2 diabetes is you need to be rooted in good nutrition. Um, and you need to have a regular, consistent exercise program. Those two things, now those two things being naturally, I mean obviously there are other ways, right, that mm. you can put a band-aid on it, you know, as they're doing with their medication, but those two things naturally are going to be the ways that someone can conquer their type 2 diabetes. It's going to be a process, um, but in the end, you know, one would be very rewarded uh, if they really worked hard and really achieved it. So those two things, they're rooted in good nutrition and a consistent um, exercise program. It's like mind-blowing advice, right? <laughs> People don't understand how, how simple it is. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't have anything better for you, Ann, but it, it, it's the truth, um, you know. And I, I think the, the, the main thing there is, is good nutrition, you know, and it's amazing that you run across, even this group, I run across them, so what does your daily nutrition look like? And they think that they're eating well. <laughs> I mean, they really do think that they're doing a good job. And it's like, wow. What are they eating that they think they're eating well? Like, <laughs> I just want to hear some of these examples. Well, I, I'll give you an example. One time um, I had a group of five of them. And I asked them, I said, you know, I just want you to, I said, here's a, a, some categories. So I put categories. I put protein. I put um, carbohydrates. I put how to prepare your food, I put fruits, I put vegetables. I said, and next to these categories, I want you to write down what you think a quality protein is, what you think a carbohydrate is, you know, how should you prepare your food. And I got some of the craziest answers. Like one of the ladies, she came and gave me her answers and she had, you know, grits. And then she had preparing her food, she had pan frying and frying as number one and two as of what you should do um, and you know, quality protein is being uh, fried chicken tenders um, and this is the type of stuff and I knew that I was gonna get answers maybe not that outrageous but I did get them but answers similar to that because I knew they were gonna put down what they actually eat every day 
And I said, you guys, so this is my list. I said, look at all the good things you could have. I mean, look at all these great proteins. Look at all these great fruits and vegetables. Look at all, and said, and look at your list. And their list was, you know, four to five things at most. And that was it. Because that's what they eat every single day. They think macaroni and cheese is a vegetable and that it's a good thing to eat. And it may be later on, once we get a handle on this thing, you know, and it, it's something to satisfy that little craving that we're having. But right now, we need to be rooted and have a foundation as to what is going to help us and what is good for us and really going to help us, you know, conquer this this disease. So, um, yeah, that's my wacky story as far as, you know, people eating something. I, it just blows my mind. It blows my mind. But it, it's true, and it's not only with them. It's with everyone. You know, pretty much a lot of people think that they're doing something well, and, and, and they're not. So I saw your face grimace when uh, I mentioned grits. Do you not like grits? Are you from the north? Yeah, how did you know? I just, I tried a month, and I just, maybe it's a texture thing. I don't know. It's <laughs> nothing but corn. That's all it is. It's corn. So uh, I could tell you're from the north with that look. There are no, there are no grits up north. <laughs> I went to I went to New York one time and you know I see that I said let me see if they have grits here just to see and I said can I get an order of grits like what's that we don't have that so, yeah I know I know you don't <laughs> I just thought I'd try <laughs> <laughs> so is it like how do you make the grits is it is it like a cornmeal or I'm just curious you know <laughs> uh, you know, I, I haven't eaten grits in a long time, and to be honest with you, I have never made any grits. Um, but it is just a cornmeal, and you I've seen my parents make it, and you have to continually whisk and whisk and whisk and add, you know, water and butter and constantly because they'll stick to the bottom of the pot. So if you whisk and whisk and whisk and whisk and whisk and, you know, yeah, there they are. They're just... It's just white corn. I can't explain it. And, it, you know, the texture is uh, not liking to some. I can see you, too. You don't like it either. But uh, people in the South love it. You know, we love it down here in Florida <laughs> and southern Georgia. Um, so it's not that great for you. It, 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 it really is, it, especially not for your blood sugar. But, you know, hey, it, it is what it is. It's a grit, right? So, okay, you're... You, you're talking about grits, and it's like a staple in some people <laughs> in some people's diets, right? So yeah, yeah. Now, now you're telling them, well, you can't eat grits, right? Well, do you like do you have them do something instead, or is there a better way to make the grits? Um, you know, I don't ever I don't ever say that they can't do something because I don't want them to feel like they're so restricted and so refined, you know, to because in in that case they're probably going to quit and they're probably not going to you know succeed and progress so um, I let them know that you know if you really like grits let's do well for five days out of the week and you know on day six that may be your nice little cheat day that you like to have you know let's choose one thing and if it's gonna be that cup of grits that you want then take that cup of grits um, you know I don't believe in taking everything from anyone um, because going cold turkey is tough and it, it's just going to cause a lot of problems. So um, I try to give them better substitutions. They don't like, most of them don't like 
oatmeal. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, you know, and I say, well, if, if you don't like the substitution, then let's not add that. Let's just stay away from that. And then on your cheat day, again, if you want that specific food, then, you know, have that one specific food. So it tends to work out that that way a little bit, and it starts to get them in the pattern and in the mindset of you know making better selections and, and trying other things that they haven't tried that are good for them. One last question, because you know sure. the, food, the foodie in me is just uh, curious. <laughs> okay. So, so you talked a little bit about after exercise meals, right? So right. what are what are those? Are those tend to be like more carbohydrate rich, more treats? Um, and why why only after exercise? Um, well, yes, to the first part of that question, they tend to be a little bit more carbohydrate rich. Um, and the reason for that is is that some type 2 diabetics are going to experience a drop in their blood sugar um, after they exercise, and they need a carbohydrate snack to get it back to the level that their body is accustomed to. Um, so that's the reason for that because if the blood sugar is too low, then we start to get other signs and symptoms like the dizziness and, and the fainting and we don't want any of that. So they need to have um, something with a carb um, a component in it after they exercise. And if their blood sugar doesn't drop, um, if it doesn't move, um, and that's one of the things that they need to check their blood sugar before exercise and after, but if it doesn't move at all, then, you know, Take, doing an after-exercise meal, um, you know, may not be the best thing. You know, maybe say doing no it. treat for you, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, not necessarily. You know, it, it, you could still do it, but maybe not at the. You may not be able to do it at the serving size or the amount that you may want to. Um, so that's the reason for that. So in apparently healthy individuals like you and I, that people would perceive us to be apparently healthy. You know, the after-exercise window is a, about a good 60 minutes to two hours, up to two hours. But in a diabetic, a type 2 diabetic, that window needs to be tightened about 30 minutes. So that's how quick their blood sugar can drop, and that's how quickly we need to get something into them, carbohydrate-based, um, for them to have. So, And then if they're exercising at a higher intensity, um, you know, the body is still burning calories, you know, from that high intensity. And so if they did, you know, a lot of stress on their body that day, later on in the day, the body is still trying to get back to homeostasis, trying to get all its hormones back in place, and it takes calories to do that. So and it takes sugars to do that. So they can have other things throughout the day, just not in, you know, these amounts that they've been having before, which is causing them to get to the point where they are now. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for all your tips. I think they were pretty pretty good for somebody starting out and, and wanting to take control of their diabetes. So if they want to get more information about you, Carlina, and what you do, how can they find you? Well, you can go to uh, my website. It is um, my blog. You can read some good information there. It is type2diabeteshealthcoach.com. So it's type2diabeteshealthcoach.com. To uh, actually take a look at the cookbook and actually purchase the cookbook, you can go to type2diabeteskookbook.com um, to take a look at that. Um, I'll also be uh, releasing a book on uh, Amazon Kindle uh, next week. I'm getting the word. so And that will be titled Ooh. How to Conquer Your Type 2 Diabetes. Yeah. 
That's exciting. So we're, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a lot of work, and, uh, you know, so um, it's been good. And, and this month is actually Diabetes Month. It's Diabetes Awareness Month, the month of November. Um, so I've been giving away a few free gifts. Um, so they can go to my Facebook fan page, um, Diabetes Coach KB. So Facebook slash Diabetes Coach KB. And I just gave away two gifts uh, earlier today, and the link is still up. So um, <laughs> they can go and get that. And they'll be there all through the month of November. Um, and actually, one of the gifts they'll probably like a lot because the after exercise stuff we just talked about, they'll probably like this gift a lot. So. <laughs> um, but, is it edible? Yes. <laughs> well, 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 no. You can. You can you use can, it you to can, make something edible. Correct. That they will <laughs> they will probably love um, because I got a lot of thank yous for that one. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that'll be up throughout the whole month of November, and planning to do some other stuff to uh, keep this awareness going, and again to help the type two diabetes community. So. I'm very excited. I'm very grateful that a lot of people have let me into their lives and be a part of their lives and be able to help them. It really is a, a great honor, and, and I'm very grateful for it. Wow. Well, I so appreciate you coming and sharing all your knowledge, and I'm sure we'll be in touch soon. So thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Ann. I appreciate it. Love it. I will talk <laughs> to you soon. <laughs> Take care. Hey, so I hope you enjoyed the show. That was Carlina Barron, the Diabetes Health and Fitness Coach. All the links and resources mentioned today are in the show notes at drann.com slash 015. And Ann is spelled A-N-H as in healthy. While you're there, remember to jump on the Food as Medicine VIP email list and you'll get my free gift, the Clean Eating Rules. It's everything I learned about nutrition when I was on my bodybuilding journey and it's my number one guide for how to eat to lose weight, improve your biometrics, and get more energy. And you'll get it for free when you sign on to the email list at drann.com. You'll also get my favorite pearls from the show. Now, this show can have a lot of information with the different protocols that the guests share, all the information about what foods to eat, what foods to avoid, what supplements to take, etc. And if you're anything like me, you're probably multitasking and listen to the episode. So you're not in a position to be jotting down all the notes of the great information that's shared. So I've taken the notes for you. And by hopping on my email list, you'll get the show pearls delivered right to your inbox so you can refer back to them at any time. Finally, as a VIP email subscriber, you'll get the occasional love letters from me, which are emails sharing some of my favorite recipes and products, upcoming events, new information that I've learned, and other goodies. And I know what it's like to get a ton of email, so these love letters are only going to come occasionally when I'm really excited to share something. So go to drann.com now and enter your name and email address. Did you like this episode? Then leave us a review and tell all your friends because the world needs more people to hear the food as medicine message. We've got plenty of great guests coming up, so stay tuned. Thanks so much for stopping by, and until next time, remember to eat consciously, because the world needs a healthy and vibrant you.